Live from the seventh dimension via satellite. You're listening to the Dust and Dignity podcast. Dust and Dignity. Dust and Dignity. Dust Dignity. Dust. Dust and Dignity. Dust. Dust and Dignity. Just tell him you saw it on tonight. Dust and Dignity. Let's look at a case in point. Welcome to the Dust and Dignity Podcast, where we explore the connections between leadership, social justice, and music. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Campbell Jr. You can learn more about the podcast and each episode at drbrucecampbelljr.com. So let's get started. It is the fall of 2021, and we are over a year into the COVID-19 pandemic. It's been quite an adjustment for many of us, but hopefully a time for reflection. Personally, I found myself doing quite a bit of that this past year. This pandemic took most of us by surprise, yet revealed so much about our society. There were so many words and phrases that became common vernacular this past year coronavirus, social distancing, droplets, flatten the curve, defund the police, quarantine, remote versus virtual, Zoom, synchronous versus asynchronous, PPE, which stands for personal protective equipment such as masks, gloves, goggles, and face shields. Nevertheless, there is one term that I keep coming back to pandemic. Marion and Webster have two definitions for pandemic. The first is occurring over a wide geographic area, such as multiple countries or continents, and typically affecting a significant proportion of the population. The second definition is an outbreak or disease that occurs over a wide geographic area such as multiple countries or continents, and typically affects a significant proportion of the population. With the senseless murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and countless others, attacks towards members of the Asian community, continual injustice towards people of color, and individuals that identify with LBGTQIA community, I've been thinking, hasn't our society been in a pandemic all along? Why did the world have to come to a complete halt and have a mandated stay in place order for so many to realize that this has been going on? Now, wait, wait, don't answer these questions now. Take some time to reflect on them. Dust and Dignity. Oh, oh, freedom, oh, freedom, I 
Well, I've been focusing on social justice work in different ways my whole career. One of my coping mechanisms, but also a source of clarity for this work, has been music. So I went to my vinyl collection and started digging. Literally digging for answers. One piece that I found will be the focus of this episode. Folkways Records and Service Company was incorporated in 1948 in New York City by Moses Ash and Miriam Distiller. Under Ash's enthusiastic and dedicated direction, Folkways sought to record and document the entire world of sound. Between 1948 and Ash's death in 1986, Folkways' tiny staff released 2,168 albums. Topics included traditional, ethnic, and contemporary music from around the world, poetry, spoken word, and instructional recordings on numerous languages, and documentary recordings of individuals, communities, and cultural events, and even natural sounds. As one of the first record companies to offer albums of world music, and as an early exponent of the singers and songwriters who formed the core of the American folk music revival, Ashes Folkways grew to become one of the most influential record companies in the world. Take this hammer and carry Bob Dylan called it that label with all the great songs. He said recording there would have been a dream come true. Columbia? RCA? No, Dylan's dream was a stubborn little label run out of a storefront in Greenwich Village called Folkways Records. What I admire about Folkways recordings is that each release is a piece of history and culture much more than just the sounds recorded. Usually accompanied by detailed liner notes, more the historical aspect of that specific recording comes to life. Letters, photographs, and a deep description paint a vivid picture of the times. Okay, 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 enough of the suspense. The record I want to focus on for this episode of Dust and Dignity is We Shall Overcome Songs of the Freedom Riders and the Sit-Ins. This 1961 recording of spirituals, gospel, and new music to express the spirit of freedom was the result of an effort by producer and performer Guy Carawan to bring together singers representative of hundreds of thousands of African-American students from the South participating in sit-ins, stand-ins, and freedom rides for first-class citizenship during the Civil Rights Movement. The songs are performed by the Montgomery Gospel Trio, comprised of three high school girls from Alabama, as well as four seminary students who call themselves the Nashville Quartet. An impromptu session was recorded by Moses Ash. Although recorded 60 years ago, there is still a strong connection to the civil rights movement then and now. I'd like to highlight a few songs that have been themes of the civil rights movement. Oh, this is the light of mine. 
The liner notes from the album state that the Montgomery Gospel Trio were three girls from Montgomery, Alabama that knew what it was like to live in one of the most brutal Jim Crow cities in the South. They've witnessed the historic happenings of the 1955 bus boycott, the mob violence in reaction to the sit-ins and the freedom rides, lack of police protection from the hoodlum elements that made it harder for students to demonstrate in Montgomery than Nashville. Also, police directly intimidating the students, but they still demonstrated. The Montgomery Improvement Association carried on the struggle in spite of constant harassment by the police and the threats of violence from white hate groups. These girls who sang spiritual and gospel songs that expressed the spirit of freedom sang often for this organization and for many other groups in Montgomery. They are used to the fact that these meetings may be harassed by police or white hoodlums and that they had to be careful about where they went, what they did, and what they said. Songs like We Are Soldiers in the Army, Hold On, and I'm Gonna Let This Little Light Shine are some of their best and most helpful to lift the spirits of many people in Montgomery. The liner notes from the album go on to share that the Nashville Quartet were four fellows that attended the American Baptist Theological Seminary in Nashville, Tennessee. They were key leaders and participants in the demonstrations there and on the Freedom Ride through Alabama and Mississippi. They have been to jail and suffered violence and abuse many times for the cause of freedom. They have seen lunch counters and theaters open to Negroes in Nashville as a result of their actions. Along with their serious approach to life, 
they had the ability to laugh and sing and entertain others. Their singing for and with the students when they were jailed helped keep the morale up and ease tensions. As one student put it, it eased that knot in the pit of my stomach. My Dog Loves Your Dogs and parodies of Ray Charles songs about the happenings of the day are always favorites when they were clowning and cutting up. We Shall Overcome is the favorite of all their songs that they sing. It has spread so fast and has been so widely sung that it has become the unofficial theme song for the movement. Other spirituals like We Shall Not Be Moved, I'm Gonna Sit at the Welcome Table, and Oh Freedom have been widely sung by them and the students at mass meetings, social gatherings, and demonstrations. In the process of working throughout the South and going to jail and getting beat and being in mass meetings and singing this one particular song that became the theme song of this movement. It is a powerful song. You can go anywhere in the world today where there is struggle and you will find this song and you will still see people in the streets marching and singing it. It is our gift to the world the world people in struggle. We want to ask you to stand up and cross your right hand over left and sing with us, We Shall Overcome. We shall I encourage you to take time and listen to the entire album, 12 songs and 34 minutes long. If you don't have a record player, don't fret. Following Moses Ash's death, the Smithsonian Institution Center for Folk Life and Cultural Heritage in Washington, D.C. acquired Folkways recordings and the label's business papers and files to ensure that the sounds and the genius of its artists would continue to be available for future generations. I will provide a link to the album, as well as the liner notes detailing the history of the civil rights movement, pictures, and song lyrics on drbrucecampbelljr.com. I ask you to reflect on these recordings and our society in 1961 to where we are at the time of this episode's release in 2021. I have three guiding questions for you to consider. First, what has changed in 60 years? Second, what can you do to make a positive impact for social justice? And finally, how can you share that positive work with others? 
So thank you for joining us on this journey and tuning in to our latest episode of the Dust and Dignity podcast. You can learn more about the podcast at drbrucecampbelljr.com, where we profile our guests and the music from each episode. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other services where you listen to our podcasts. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dust, the letter N, Dignity, or just Dust and Dignity on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.